Hello everyone, my name is Jackie Schwab and this is the Press Play Lifestyle Inspired. We do interviews with inspirational people and topics to help you find the resources, tools, and support that you need to be your best inspired self. I'm your host, Jackie Schwab, your practical wisdom coach, helping working parents find and reach a great balance between career and family. And I have a signature system called the Press Play Lifestyle that's helping you become your best self in the most simple way possible. And I'd like to welcome today um, a special, special guest and friend of mine, author Kathy Giorgio. Kathy, hi, how are you today? Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I feel honored, honestly, uh, when we're talking about inspiration. And I know it's probably like weird to feel someone say this, but um, you have inspired me in so many different ways in my life, even in the short time that I've known you. So first of all, thank you. You're welcome. That does feel weird to have somebody say that, but right? <laughs> well, um, and just for the, for the listeners, um, I'm not even really sure how I met you because we have so many similarities and so many differences at once. I actually thought we met through our, um, the connection with our daughters being on the spectrum, but I'm not sure if it was at that same time I met you through writing. So um, both areas have honestly been something that you've helped me as, as an individual kind of come into my own in, in both areas. So do you know which way I met you? I think we did meet through our daughters because oh. we both knew somebody who put together a group of kids on the spectrum and their parents, and they were looking for somebody to speak to them. And Olivia spoke to them. My daughter spoke to them. Oh, and I yeah. think that's how I met both you and one other person. I'll, I, I accept that. <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. So you have been a busy beaveress, if that's a word. Um, being on the Morning Blend, I've been interviewed by Carol Kane. Uh, you've got a, another book coming out in Moments. Um, actually, have a book coming out called Moments of Happiness that just was released. Uh, so, do you want to tell us a little bit about your newest book that's coming out, Kathy? Sure. Um, just to, to reduce any confusion, I had a book released last September that was called this, or I'm getting confused myself, yeah. Today's Moment of Happiness Despite the News, which was a collection of a year's worth of blogs that I did um, because I, I started, I was in a situation where I felt myself just sinking. Um, I had been assaulted and I was having trouble moving ahead with my life. And so I started posting a moment of happiness every day on Facebook uh, in order to make myself see that at least there was one moment every day that, that could make me happy. And my Facebook page blew up with people wanting to see what made me happy. So I made it into a blog and I vowed to do it for a year, which is probably the most ridiculous thing I have ever done because writing a daily blog is, is horrifically difficult, especially when you're trying to find something that makes you happy every day. Yeah. Uh, but I did it. I wrote every day for a year, except for one day. One day I could not do it. And when the year was done, everyone said, well, it's going to be a book now, right? And I <laughs> Said, no, I didn't write it as a book. I didn't even edit it. I don't write nonfiction. I write fiction. But my publisher came to me and said, they want a book. Don't you think we should do a book? So we did a book and it came out in September. 
Now I have, um, in February, a poetry chat book coming out called When You Finally Said No. And so that will be in February. And I just turned my 10th book, which is a novel, it'll be my fifth novel, into my publisher. And I'm waiting to hear if he is going to publish it. Oh, my goodness. You are busy. Just a little bit. <laughs> Just a little bit. So one of the things that um, I don't think easily comes out of that wonderful litany of, of things that you've done is a lot of people in the writing space um, will tell people, or in, really in any business, <clears throat> pardon me, they'll say, focus on being a fiction writer, or focus on being a nonfiction writer. Um, I know myself, I've, I've written a couple different things as well. And what I think is amazing about what you're doing and, and also inspiring as well is you've written poetry books, you've written short story collections, you've written novels. So what would you say to people who are writing about stick with your stick with a certain genre? Don't, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and I'm probably the only person you'll hear saying that. And it's because when I look at the business, I don't see it happening. You know, in, in my case, I've published in everything, nonfiction, fiction, and poetry. One of my most successful students has poetry books out, he has two nonfiction books out, and he has short stories published. I truly don't understand the brand yourself mentality because that makes it sound like readers always want the same thing over and over and over again. And readers don't. We want a variety of things. We don't want to be reading the same stuff. So there's, there's no reason why you can't just write what you want. To me, that's, that's the most important thing is whatever you are feeling passionate about, whatever has caught your attention, write it. And somebody somewhere is going to want to read it. I know that when the poetry book comes out, people that love my fiction who don't read poetry are not likely to read it. But people that love poetry will. And mm -hmm. so instead of even just keeping yourself in one small group of readers, you can expand your readers. And I mean, if you look at who is on my Facebook page and who visits my website, there's a variety of writers. I don't get just one type of writer or one type of reader that comes to my page. I get everybody. And who wouldn't want that? Yeah, I, I would agree. I, I'm, I don't have a traditionally published book yet but my first published piece was like memoir and most of my my articles are creative nonfiction, and actually love writing sci-fi right? but it's like the only thing I haven't published yet so I I think for me I write about what inspires me at that moment or what I have the opportunity when I was actually asked to write something in creative nonfiction. I'm a writer right so I want to do that I want to be able to have my voice be heard. So I love that you, um, within a lot of things that you kind of think outside that box and say, you know, do what, do what you do, not what people tell you you need to fit into. Right. Right. And, and I actually, I kind of worry about that because it does feel to me like people are trying to put writers into a box and we're creative people. We write what we want to write. We think what we want to think. And there's been so much pressure, I would say, in the last five to 10 years from the publishing industry about how is it going to sell, 
that some writers have started reversing their thinking. And instead of just writing what they want to write, they sit down and try to think about what will sell. And I'll write that instead of writing what they love. Yeah. And writing is supposed to be about passion. You know, you, you write about what you think is important. And Absolutely. it's going to sell <laughs> just yeah. because of the passion behind it. Yeah, it's probably easier to sell something you have passion behind versus like something that you did form formula wise, right? Right. Yeah. And since you have so many successful books out, I guess we could tend to believe that you might be onto something there. I certainly hope so. <laughs> I hope so too. So in addition to kathygiorgio.org, which you is your author page, you talk about all these wonderful books you've read and written. Um, Wayward Clocks, of course, I don't know if you know that or not, but totally my favorite of all of your novels. Thank you. But you're welcome. Um, but the other thing is you actually have an, a studio, right? An all writers workplace and workshop studio. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Sure. All Writers is actually going, well, it is. It's 14 years old now. January is its birthday. Happy and birthday. Thank you. And I, I deliberately do not call it an anniversary because I don't feel like I'm married to the studio. I do feel like I'm raising it. You know, uh -huh. it's, it's growing. I started All Writers because I wanted there to be a place that all writers could go and find community, could find education, could find support. You know, whether they are putting their first word down or whether they're the author of, of several books. And I wanted this to be a friendly place and someplace that a writer can come and not be worried about, am I going to be torn apart? Are people going to tell me that I don't know how to write? I just, I wanted people to feel comfortable. Writers are naturally introverts in general. We, we like to stay by ourselves. We like to be huddled in our little rooms and in our little heads working. But that getting out and interacting with others and finding out that there's somebody else out there that has this same weird obsession you do is amazing. You, you just suddenly have a tribe. You know, you have somebody to belong to. And that's what I wanted all writers to be. And I wanted it to not just be Wisconsin based. I wanted to be international. So I started when I opened all writers 14 years ago, we have an on-site classroom and then we also teach online and we have a private online classroom. And we also of course go through Skype or zoom or the phone or whatever it takes. So as a result, we are around the world now. We have students from practically everywhere. I stopped counting countries at 25 because we were getting countries I didn't even know existed. And we're everywhere. And it, it, it feels so cool. I mean, I know today I'll be talking with somebody in Australia. Yesterday I talked with somebody in Jerusalem. And we're all working for the same thing, which is how do I write the best? How do I get the word out? How do I express myself? So that's, that's the studio. And it's, it's been a lot. I won't say it's been a lot of fun. It has been, but it's also been a lot of work. Yeah. So um, I, I love when I, I went out there and looked at the site, which actually I do all the time, right? So my daughter's in one of your classes. I'm, uh, I'm a student of yours. Mm -hmm. But um, you said result of years of dreaming and planning. Mm -hmm. And, and at, first of all, I love that you said that. But my question is, what was what was around before all writers? Like where did writers go to get that leg up or get that support or get that community? 
Writers mostly went to community education classes unless they were going specifically for a degree. I used to go to a tech school that had, a, I think it was a Thursday night class, a creative writing workshop, which is where I met my mentor. Her name was Ellen Honeycutt, and she was a writer in Big Bend and was amazing to me in my life. And so that's where you went. And I was actually teaching when I first started teaching. Uh, which would be 23 years ago now, my first class was at Waukesha Park Rec. And I thought, my God, who would think to take writing classes at a park and recreation department? But they contacted me because their teacher had left and they needed somebody and they'd heard about me. So I, I walked into my first class there. And then I began to teach at UW Waukesha's community education programs. I taught in Illinois. I was picked up by Writers Digest to teach for their online class. I taught for uh, Writers University, um, iUniversity. I can't even think of where all I was teaching, but I was teaching 65 hours a week at all these different places, and my rooms were always packed. And I began to think, we've, we've got to have a central location. We've got to have one place that they can go that does nothing but teach writing. There's nothing else going on but writing. And so that's when I decided to open the studio, even though I have absolutely no training in business whatsoever. Oh, well, it seems like you've got 14 years of toughing it out, so you must be doing okay. <laughs> We're still here, which absolutely amazes me, but yeah. Yeah. So um, what's interesting as well, I, I think all writers workshop and um, workplace, it's not uh, just the Kathy G show, right? It's, you actually have um, some other faculty that work with you. Is that not correct? I do. My, my husband teaches for me, uh, Michael Giorgio. He teaches on-site classes and also several online classes. I have Shandel Beers, who is a poet living in Oregon. Uh, Carolyn Walker does my nonfiction classes. She's near Detroit in Michigan. I have Lisa Marie I always have trouble remembering which last name to use because she goes by two. I'm going to say Lisa Marie Otter. And she's in Madison and she teaches poetry classes for me. Um, Summer Hanford, who is in Michigan, teaches fantasy classes. Uh, I have I have several people on yeah, faculty. There's a whole bunch more, right? There's Carrie, my daughter. Yep, Carrie Newberry there. teaches my online book writing class and takes on coaching clients. And so all you have to do is go to the page and click under faculty and you'll see everybody we have. Uh, that's awesome. So I know um, that that's already great, right? You've written all these books and you have this wonderful workshop community. But uh, you also do a lot of outreach. I, I think it's a lot, but you do a lot of outreach as part of being this, in this writer's community. Uh, I know just a few this year, or I don't even know if they're everywhere or not, but you have like the Authors in Schools, Celebrity Saturday, The Retreat. Um, could you tell us a little bit about some of those, um, those community outing or community events that you do? And sure. And what's really inspired those for you? The, the author in schools, um, all writers paired up with the Southeast Wisconsin Festival of Books so that we would have one day during the book festival that we would send professional authors into the schools so they could speak with high school and middle school students directly about what the writing life is like. I've wanted to do that for years. And I know when I was in high school, 
Oh my gosh, that's, I would have loved something like that to have somebody come in and tell me, this is what it's like to be a writer. This is what you can expect. This is what you should do. So being able to do that was phenomenal. I think we, this year we sent, I think it was 15 writers into the schools, uh, which was just amazing to see. I even appeared in an online school so that we would get that aspect of schooling in there too. Uh, Celebrity Saturdays, Six times a year, I try to bring into All Writers a better known, better published author to teach for just one day. And we've had some pretty big names. We've had Jackie Machard here, uh, Jane Hamilton, Amonette Anzi, uh, Michael Perry, all of the Poets Laureate. Uh, we're going to have Nick Petrie here next month. And so it's, it's an opportunity for writers to sit down with somebody in an intimate kind of situation. We only allow 12 students into a Celebrity Saturday. So you really get to work one-on-one -on -one with a writer that has just really made it, which is a wonderful opportunity. Um, we do the retreat. The retreat is held once a year. It's my favorite weekend of the year. It's June 20th to the 23rd this year. We meet just over the Wisconsin border in Illinois at a retreat center called Techni Towers. We take over an entire house, um, a total of 23 writers under one roof, and the whole weekend is full immersion into the writing life. You are focused on your work, so you're not going to a conference where you're attending a bunch of lectures which may or may not have anything to do with what you're doing we're actually focused on you. And so you are working on something fresh and you are also workshopping something you've already done so that both aspects of your writing life are focused upon. You have a chance to interact with writers from around the country and a couple times we've had international students fly in too. So it's, it's an amazing weekend. It's a weekend where I don't sleep because I'm on stage all weekend and I'm so excited to see everybody. I get to see students that are online and that I don't see face to face any other time of the year. Um, um, how long have your, how long has the retreat been running? Let's see, the studio is 14. So this will be the 13th retreat. Wow. That's amazing. Which is a ball. And then last weekend, as an example of outreach too, we sponsored an hour of the poetry marathon that Woodland Patterns Book Center puts on. And they do 24 hours of poets reading, <laughs> raising money for the book center. And so we sponsored an hour. So we try to be involved in anything that has to do with writing um, in the state of Wisconsin and beyond. Amazing. So then there's also um, Friday night free-for-all, right? What's that about? Yep. The Friday night free-for-all, we're now doing it twice a year. We used to do it four times a year, but I felt that that was overkill. Um, so we're doing it twice a year. This time, in, in it's actually going to be in February. January got away from me, so we're doing it in February this year. It's the studio's birthday celebration. Um, it's an event that is open to the public, so if they have ever wanted to know what goes on inside of All Writers, they can come and see. It's held down the street from us at the Cafe Day Arts coffee shop, so food is available the entire time, coffee is available the entire time, <laughs> and coffee is a writer's elixir. you got to have coffee, <laughs> and you got to have wine, too. Um, and so what I do is I have four students three students read, uh, representing poetry, fiction, and nonfiction. 
So this time representing fiction, we have Jackie Mellum, who is a coaching client and who is also in the online Thursday night book writing workshop. Nonfiction is you, Jackie yeah. Schwab. And <laughs> Jackie is a coaching client. And for poetry, we have Becky Burton Thomas, who is in the Wednesday afternoon women's writers group. And because it's the birthday, we're doing a special reader too. We're going to have a representative from the teen writers group read, and that will be Olivia Giorgio, who is my daughter. And then we also have a featured reader and I read. And the, the featured reader at the birthday party is always my husband, Michael, since he's been the one who has stood behind me this whole 14 crazy years. So he'll be reading and then I'll be reading. Uh, doors open at six o'clock and it starts at seven on February 8th. That is so exciting. Now I, I have gone to one of, actually I think I've gone to more than one. I've gone to two of these. And I am just amazed at the ages, the population that's represented. I, I think when in any other sort of uh, discipline, maybe you see a lot of middle age or you maybe see a lot of teens or see a lot of this or that. But gosh, was we we had like a young teenager there. You've had people who were long since retired, their first couple careers there. What do you think allows you to sort of have that huge um, spread of demographics at that type of event? I think, again, it's, it's just our focus on if you're a writer, you're welcome here. And we, we don't focus down on just one age group. We focus on the fact of, are you writing? So if kids are writing, man, they have a place to go. And if you are working 60 hours a week, but you're still finding time to write during your coffee breaks and you want to know how your writing is going and do you have an opportunity to get better and get published, we have a place for you to go. And if you've retired and you want to start writing that book you have always wanted to write, we got a place for you to go. You know, it's, it's, a home for writers. <laughs> yeah, so, that's lovely. Uh, I guess I could have called, you know, the first book was The Home for Wayward Clocks. I guess I could have <laughs> called all writers The Home for Wayward Writers, but yeah. I didn't. <laughs> oh, that's all right. I suppose hindsight's twenty twenty, right? <laughs> that's right. And actually the studio came first, so. Yeah. So um, I, you've, again, you've been really popular lately and thanks for taking your time with me. I listened to a couple interviews that you've done. Again, the Morning Blend and Carol Kane did one. And when they were talking to you about the moments of happiness, you had said um, that every single day you really had to look, right, for something that made you happy because you're not really an optimist, are you? Not at all. <laughs> not a bit. Yeah, I think when I first started seeing the moments of happiness, I was a little scared for you. <laughs> was it really scared? I'm like, oh, all right, we'll see how this goes. But it turned out to be something very beautiful. And, um, and really what it ended up being in my perspective is like 364 um, moments of inspiration every day that you looked for, but still something in the, in the, in the day that you had to find to inspire your, your writing. Can you tell us about um, maybe one or two of the most poignant things that kind of cropped up that you were, or, or mundane, wh whichever you th think is better? 
Okay. You know, it, there were so many odd things. And, and one of the things I think I learned the most through this writing process was that happiness doesn't happen to you. You, you have to seek it out. You have to look mm -hmm. for it. And that was definitely a difference in perspective than I've ever had. And it was difficult. I am a natural skeptic. And I mean, there were days I, I tried to post every day at seven o'clock and it would be going on seven and I would be running around the house saying, somebody please make me happy because <laughs> nothing has happened today and I have to write something. But I was always able to find something. And I think, like, for example, when people start to write gratitude journals or, or things like that, they tend to look for the bigger things. They look for rainbows in the sky. They look for what we would, you know, we'll look to family. Oh, I'm so glad I have family. I'm so grateful. And I am. But sometimes it was just these smaller things that, that really hit and really impromptu things. You know, one of my favorite ones was I was in line at Starbucks. I go to Starbucks every day. I think they need to name the cinnamon dolce after me because it's what I have every day. <laughs> what would you have and them name it? <laughs> they should be naming it the Giorgio latte. That's all there is to it because right, that's, okay. that's what it should be or the <laughs> Kathy latte. I mean, students can go to Starbucks and say, I'm bringing Kathy a drink and they know exactly what to make. <laughs> so it was a warm day. So I was in the convertible and it was a long line. And the week before I'd bought a CD because Livy and I were at the Mall of America and a song came over the speakers. It was Heart and Soul by a group called T-Pow that came out, I think, in the 80s. And I loved this song. And it was it's just got the best rhythm to it. And my daughter, of course, was like, ew, that's really stupid. What are you listening to that for? And I'm like, I don't care. It's a gorgeous song. So I bought the CD and I got it that day and I had it in the car and I just kept hitting replay. So I'm waiting and I'm listening and I look in the rearview mirror and I could see the woman behind me and she's jiving in her seat to the song and the head in front of me is bobbing. And we get to, everyone in line is starting to move to this song in their seats. The song came to an end and the woman behind me stuck her head out the window and yelled, hit replay. <laughs> so we did it again. And the guy, my barista, yelled through the speakers, yes, please, hit replay. <laughs> so I get up to the window and he says, look, look what you you've done and inside all the baristas are dancing around to the song it was like a flash mob that wow. had, you know we just began to have the best time with this stupid song from the 80s and it was it was I got a drink out of it they gave me a free drink Aww. so it was my it was my moment of happiness and I mean it was totally unorchestrated it just happened and I mean it made me smile probably for the next couple weeks yeah that's so awesome. probably the most poignant one um I didn't know when I started writing the the moments that I was going to be going through a year where my husband lost his job twice where my daughter was so severely bullied at school that we were going to have to pull her from that school and place her someplace else in her junior year of high school and that I was going to be diagnosed with breast cancer. So, I mean, I'm, I'm trying to find moments of happiness during all of this. And the, the hardest moment for me was I was starting radiation 
And you, you have to do radiation at the, pretty much the same time every day for a series of days. And I was doing 20 days of radiation and trying to figure out how was I going to fit it into my crazy schedule of clients and classes. And I finally hit on 3.15 in the afternoon. And the day that before school started, Livia and I were at her new high school and we were walking through it so she could see where her schedule was. And I suddenly realized that school got out at 3.05. And there was going to be no way I could pick up my daughter at 3.05, get her home and be at the cancer center by 3.15. And in all of the mess, I felt like I'd forgotten my daughter. I'd forgotten that she was at school. I'd forgotten that she was going to need help. Everything was focused on work instead of on her. And I kept thinking, how, how could I forget my daughter? And I got to radiation that day. We finished touring the school. I went on in and the technician came in to get me. I think I was on like day four or five by then. And she started to say, how are you? and didn't even get it out. She just looked at my face and wrapped me up in a hug and I lost it. I mean, I was just bawling. And another technician came out and hugged me from behind. So I was totally wrapped up in these, these women who knew exactly what I was going through and holding me. And they said, you know, what, what happened? What's wrong? And I couldn't even talk. I just kind of motioned around the room and the one technician said, it's all of this, isn't it? And I nodded, so I got hugged again. And when I could talk, I said, I forgot my daughter. I can't believe I forgot my daughter. And we went through everything. I got the radiation done. And as we left, she said to me, you did not forget your daughter. You never, ever would forget your daughter. You are just up to here with all of this. And sometimes things slip, but you didn't forget her. And they, they worked with me between them and students who were willing to go to school to pick Livy up and bring her home so that I wouldn't have to change my schedule. We got through that 20 days of radiation. But that one, I mean, when I read that one, and I have read it at readings, I can't even get through it without having to stop for a minute because it still makes me choke up. They were just the best people that day. Oh, that's awesome. I'm all choked up. <laughs> all right. Well, thank you so much. Um, I just wanted to wrap up with a couple quick things. And, and again, thanks for your time. Uh, I looked up the word inspiration um, in the dictionary and it said a process of being mentally stimula stimulated to do something creative. And when I read that, <laughs> you can literally just change the last word because I think writing is like pure inspiration. Oh yeah. It's the process of being mentally stimulated to write. Right. Mm -hmm. And um, so I'm so blessed to be part of your community and to see all of the things that you, you've done and all the outreach you've done. So uh, before we wrap it up, is anything else you'd like to share or anything else you'd like to tell our audience about to make sure that they, if they're writers, they come join you in one of your events. You just said it. If you're a writer, come home, you know, right. come here, come find us. Wonderful. Well, thanks again, Kathy. I really appreciate your time and I'll see you on Tuesday. Yes, you will. All right. One moment. I'm going to stop the recording. Thanks a lot. <laughs>